First of all, I would just like to say that our text is gonna be coming from the book of Luke. The book of Luke, the 19th chapter, verse 30 and verse 31. And we have a supporting uh, scripture, Zechariah 9, uh, 10, and 11. But uh, for the sake of time, we just want to read uh, the, the 19th chapter, verse uh, 30 and 31. And it reads, saying, Go ye into the village over against you, in which at your entering ye shall find a coat tied, whereon yet never man sat. Loose him and bring him hither. And if any man asks you, Why do you loose him? Thus shall ye say unto him, Because the Lord hath need of him. Amen. This is Palm Sunday. It's the beginning of a holy week. And we, uh, a Christian, the Christian community all over the world at this time is celebrating the, uh, this holy occasion. We, uh, we know this as the triumphant entrance. Jesus, when Jesus entered in Jerusalem. You know, uh, the, the Lord said that many shall come in my name. And he says, but do not go out and look. You know, many have tried to uh, say that they are the chosen one, the Messiah. But Jesus is the only one that fulfills scriptures. He fulfills scriptures 100%. You know, this scripture doesn't stand alone. It says, go ye and, uh, and loose a donkey's coat and bring him hither. There's the supporting uh, verses, Zechariah, and it reads thus, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Lo, your king comes to you, triumphant and victorious. He it, is he, humble and riding on a donkey, on a coat and a foal of a donkey. I will cut off the chariot from Ephraim, and the war horse from Jerusalem, and the, the battle bow shall be cut off, and he shall command peace to the nations. His dominion shall be from sea to sea and from river to the ends of the earth. As for you also, because the blood of my covenant with you, I will set your captives free from the waterless pit. That was, that's Zechariah 9. 10 through 11. And so 
Jesus is the fulfillment of scripture. And in this particular verse, he's uh, fulfilling scripture. And not only that, but he's setting things into motion. Uh, that the things that are to come, his crucifixion, uh, the significance that uh, we see here with Jesus riding in on a donkey, it represents peace for the king to ride in on a donkey. And one of the things that we know is that the, uh, the Jewish people was looking for a warrior king. They were not necessarily looking for uh, a peaceful king. They wanted someone to overthrow and break the yoke that was upon them, uh, the Roman government. And so Jesus came humble and lowly. But there's some, a lot of things significant in this verse that I think that we should look at that shows us the deity of Jesus Christ. First of all, he says for his disciples to go ye into the village over against you in which you are entering and find a coat tied whereon yet never a man sat, loose him and bring him hither. And so this, this is a place they'd never been before um, where he tells them to go find a coat. And when they go, they do find the donkey and the donkey's coat. But then, not only that, but he tells them what this conversation is going to be and what the answer they need to give to the uh, owner. And so he's telling all these things in advance to them, and none of them have never been here before, and yet he sends them out, and this is exactly what happened. And so Jesus has the ability to see into the future, know things before they happen. And he also had the ability, uh, the ability to, to um, discern the future. Another thing about this is, he said a, a coat that no man has ever sat upon. This means, I don't know about you, but I'm from, I'm from the country. And in the country, we had horses. And I used to see my uncles breaking horses so that they could be ridden. And so this is a coat that has never been ridden before, that has never been broken before. And so Jesus is gonna ride this horse, this, this, this coat, without, without him ever being broken. And, and so that's the significance too, because this is a, 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 what is a coat, and you can't, you can't ride a coat that's never been broken. I just, just to say it that way. And so they bring him, and so Jesus is gonna ride in on this coat. Now, Jesus, uh, he came as a peaceful king. And so, one of the things that, that I see in this particular 
uh, situation is that God can give you a peace that surpasses all understanding. It gives you a peace that this world don't understand. He gives you a peace in the midst of a storm. You know, I don't know, I don't, I don't have everything I want, yet I'm happy. I don't have the best health, yet I'm happier than I've ever been. I could smile in the midst of the storm because I have a peace that God gives. A, a peace that the world didn't give and a peace that the world can't take away. You know, the, the world promises peace, promises a peace. It's not a lasting peace and it's not a real peace. When you listen to uh, candidates when they run for office, they're going to solve homelessness. They're going to solve problems of wars. They're going to solve all these problems. Everybody seems to know the answer until they actually come down to doing it. And then when that happens, then we find out that it's a false peace. It's broken promises. You know, um, I believe in separation of church and state. But one of the things that, that I like to say about that is, I believe in voting. I believe that we haven't, we come this far because of our uh, voting, our voting rights, our participation. But what I don't believe in is that I don't believe in the government. My, my faith and my hope is not in the government. When it comes down to uh, a decision between the church and the state, then I'm going to go with God's law. I'm not going to go with man's law. You know, I wanted to introduce the title of this sermon, and I apologize, but the title of this ser sermon is, is Hosanna, Save Us, Please, which is what Hosanna means. And then for a sub subtitle is um, We Should Still Cry, Hosanna. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. We should still cry out to the Lord, Hosanna. Save us, please. God save us. God save our children in these schools. Hosanna, save us, please. The distraught parents of these children. Save our nation spiraling out of control with no moral compass. Devastating weather in Mississippi. Arkansas, Tennessee, Alabama, and the rest of the Midwest. We need to cry out, Hosanna, save us. Lord, save us, please. We, we see many come with a false uh, representation of what they can do for you 
to save you from all the evils of the world. But Jesus is the only real savior. He's the only person that we could really put our hope into. When he was riding in on, this, on the donkey and, and, the, uh, and his disciples and the, and the citizens and everybody was crying out to him, blessed be the king that cometh in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory to the highest. And some of the Pharisees from among the multitude said unto him, Master rebuked these disciples, and he answered them unto them and said, I tell you that if these stones, I, I tell you if these should hold their peace, the stones will immediately cry out. God is deserving of our praise. Today we're going to uh, observe communion, and, and that is we're going to uh, in memories of the Lord, what he sacrificed for us, for our sins, because he was without sin, but for our sins, he died in our stead. I don't know about you, but I'm so grateful that I'm not still in my sin, that he delivered me uh, from guilt, remorse, and shame that he nailed it all to the cross and that I don't have to live my life carrying this weight around. You know, he said that if you don't praise him, the rocks will cry out. But I don't know about you, but I have to praise him for myself. Now, now, I'll tell you, a lot of people in this church will say, well, I don't have the best singing voice. I'll tell you that I know it for myself, but I have to praise him for myself. And you know what? I, I believe that what he's done for, I don't know what he's done for you, but I know what he's done for me. And I believe that, uh, that we we must praise him. We, we owe him that praise. As I was saying before, when we, when we take our communion, we remember what it was, the sacrifice that the Lord has made. But not only that, but we can praise him and we can celebrate this holy week. We don't have to mourn uh, because we know he rose again. We know that he rose in triumph that he not only uh, delivered us from our sin, but he conquered death, hell, and the grave. And so we don't have to fear the grave because he's went on before us, he's proceeded before us. And so we know that he has already conquered. He's a king of peace, not war. He's the king of the whole world. And he will set his people free from the pit, the realm of the dead. He conquered death, hell, and the grave through the blood of his covenant. 
You know, that means so much. Uh, because before God made this sacrifice, all we had to look forward to was doom. All we had to look forward to was hell. But now we can face life knowing that we have a savior that we could take all our problems to. I'm so glad that God has come. He has come and he has uh, set the captives free. Because we don't have the ability to pay the price ourselves. We can't buy our, we can't buy our salvation. We can't, we can't earn it. And we don't deserve it. We certainly don't deserve it. And so, thank God that we had a Savior, the light of the world, come into the darkness and show us the way. You know, when, they, when, when, when Jesus went to the cross, a darkness came over the whole land. And there was an eclipse of the sun. The veil of the temple was torn. And Jesus cried out in a, Lord, in a loud voice, Father, into my hands I commend my spirit. And when he said this and breathed this laugh, the centurion witnessed what had happened and glorified God and said, this man is innocent beyond doubt. When all people who had gathered uh, for the spectacle saw what had happened, they returned home beating their breasts. Jesus was an innocent man. He took our sins to the grave. Even the centurion recognized that he was an innocent man. Pilate recognized that he was an innocent man. But yet, he went to the cross anyway. You know, none of us are qualified for this death. Because Jesus was fully man and he was fully God. And within the two natures, he reconciled the two natures within himself. The, the veil was torn and he cried out, Father, I commend my spirit to, to you. Meaning he gave up the ghost. He said, no man taketh my life, but I lay it down. He, I have the power to lay it down and I have the power to pick it up again. And so today we know that he's alive and that he sits at the right hand of the Father making intercessions for you and for me. Without him, we would be a slave to our sins. We wouldn't have the freedom that we have today uh, because of Jesus Christ. And so I'll just say that he was, he was taken to a hill called Golgotha where he was hung between two thieves. One, one mocked him and the other one asked him, uh, can I be with you 
in paradise. And Jesus says, this day you will be with me in paradise. They pierced him in his side. After he gave up the ghost, they pierced him in his side to make sure that he was dead. And the blood came streaming down. They took him down and buried him in a borrowed tomb. He was there all day Friday, all day Saturday, but early Sunday morning. He rose up again with all power in his hand. We just thank God for Jesus. Amen.